Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact for Christ in the places of greatest need in our world. Thank you for listening in. And our goal here on this podcast is to help people who have a passion for missions and the needs in the world to have the tools they need to, to take their next steps in ministry and in mission. Uh, today, we are going to continue in our series talking about Micah 6.8, where uh, last time we began talking about doing justice. And so today we're going to talk about what it means to love mercy, what it means to cultivate a love for um, the things of God in our life and in our church. And so uh, grateful to have you back back with us today and um, let me uh, introduce ourselves if you haven't uh, been a part of this podcast before. My name is Brian. I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa and I'm here with our co-founders of Orchard Africa, Mike and Michelle Tessendorf. And uh, Michelle is our CEO and Mike is our senior pastor. So um, hi everyone. Hello everybody. Well, this is episode 22 for um, the month of November. Actually, today we're recording on November 1st and a time for um, kind of fall gatherings and hot cider and all these kinds <laughs> of things. And one, one just highlight before we jump in uh, of what happened last night at my house. Uh, we had a group of nine college students around our table eating chili and drinking um, apple cider, warm apple cider, Wonderful. and um, from Grand Canyon University, which we've had a partnership oh, with nice. at Orchard Very Africa nice. for a long time. And it was just so good to see so many young leaders mm. engaged in missions. Oh. This group of nine, they've been engaged missionally in all different places of the world. And this past summer, um, we're on mission in England and Romania and other places. And to see so many people who are just kind of getting started in their life and um, and ministry being committed to the needs in the world and mission in the world and reaching people who who don't know Christ and caring for those who are the least and so it was just just a great night yeah. to be reminded Wonderful. of so inspiring the future Wonderful. yeah it's exciting when young people are so enthusiastic and passionate about um, being missional mm -hmm. Um, Brian and I just got back a week ago from uh, leading our last uh, team on the ground in South Africa. Uh, it was a vision team, and it was made up of leaders, so the older generation. Mm -hmm. But um, just so wonderful to see God using young people and getting them excited, and then having a group of older generation leaders on the ground passionate about uh, serving and 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 being Christ's hand extended to the vulnerable and reaching into communities where uh, there are so many people who have such great need. And mm. what a joy it was just to see the hearts of people on the ground open and, and, and be excited and enthusiastic about what can we do? How can we get involved? We see God's hand. We see the church at work. Mm. And it's just so great to have them been a part of that as well. Right. It's such a privilege to be able to um, bring people into missions the way we do as an mm. organization. Mm. I'm just thinking you said it's the, the last one for the year that we've done. And uh, this year we had our oldest person who's ever 
come on a mission trip with That's us. Right. I believe he was 85. Yeah. Yeah. And so we ha- also had mm. some of the youngest little children that came with their parents. And it's just wonderful mm. to see mm. all the generations participating in, in missional work. It, it truly is very inspiring. Mm-hmm. And we know that this podcast is also an uh, opportunity to have lots of different generations around the table as well. We know I have college students listening. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, people who have been in ministry a long time or mission a long time, right. a long time. And so to be able to have this community. Right, this it's a privilege to gather everybody of all ages and all walks of life around this conversation. So welcome. Yeah, good to have you at our table. Yeah. Well, we're going to jump in and uh, look at Micah 6.8 and unpack so what does micah say next in this very short compact powerful passage and then after we do that we're going to share some comments from listeners that have uh, emailed in and so stay tuned towards the end when we uh, we mention some of those comments and questions we answer a very important question at the end yeah so micah 6 8 last time we talked about the importance of doing justice. And then uh, he moves on to talk about loving mercy. And so he says, love mercy. Uh, In this verse, there's just a few words, but each word packs a punch. Um, I'm kind of a word nerd. I love uh, words and the origins of words and etymology of words. And for instance, uh, when I discovered... uh, the word hippopotamus. Well, you know what a hippopotamus is. <laughs> it's in Africa, and it's just this two eyes you see, usually only two eyes in the water. Um, but uh, the word actually uh, comes from the Greek root, hippos for horse, potamus for river, so it means river horse. And for me, for whatever reason, that's fascinating to me that uh, it's that makes total sense. It's a river horse. Okay, I, uh, when I find out the original words, I think this is fascinating. Yeah, and there's, I, I have this image of a saddle on a hippopotamus. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I can't get that out of my head. I hope nobody tried that at some point. No, uh, no. This is like a horse in the river. We can ride it. But uh, in this passage, there's a whole lot of learning that can come from mm. looking at the words. Mm. Yes. Uh, so he says, love mercy, love mercy. And the word mercy in the Latin is a word that means essentially a heart of compassion. A compassion at the most core part of who we are. And understanding um, it's not just a sympathy, it's not just um, warm, fuzzy feelings, it's a deeper right. uh, love it's a deeper compassion it's a much deeper love because the hebrew word for mercy is chesed and that word chesed uh, is a, a word for love and it means it's a faithful love it's a love that you can trust mm. it's a dependable love it's a love that will love no matter what and um, when I think of that word chesed and the meaning of that word love, it makes me think of marriage. Without mercy in a marriage, a marriage can fall apart. Mm-hmm. Without that, I will love you no matter what. Uh, this is a faithful love. This is a, a love that can be trusted. Those are all the kinds of loves that we're looking for in marriage. And mm-hmm. so it is this covenant love, uh, the word chesed, 
that word mercy, to love mercy. It's interesting that when you get down to the roots of uh, what the word mercy means, uh, the emphasis on, on love. Yes. Uh, faithful love, covenant love, um, just a, a deep inward love that, 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 that dwells from the heart. And then if we take it back to what Mike is saying here, he's saying love, love. Yes. <laughs> uh, in case we didn't get it, love, 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 love being faithful in your love, love being covenantal in your love, love being uh, active in your love. But when scripture uses two words straight after each other like that, it's normally because uh, God is wanting to provoke us to, mm. to think and then to do. And so when it says love, love, uh, I, I believe the, 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 the emphasis here is not something we should just be feeling or talking about, no matter how deep mm. from the heart this comes. When it says love, love, it's an <coughs> instruction to action. Mm. In other words, love doing mercy, love being merciful, love showing mercy passionately. Uh, get involved in acts of mercy. So do something. So mm. we don't just love the word. We don't just study the word mm. as much as we love mm. to study words. It provokes us to action. Mm. It is interesting that he starts out, do justice. Mm. Just There's no debate yeah. on what he's saying. There. Yeah. Do justice. And then, um, yeah, then it's this love love you know uh, <laughs> at first oh, reading it feels like uh, <laughs> rainbows and unicorns yes. and rain you know uh, just love love yes. but when you unpack what does what does it mean when there's that repetition like that and uh, it it moves it towards an action mm. it moves it towards mm. uh, embodying that not just not just a feeling but a commitment mm. a covenant mm. and when I think of the the love that starts out that phrase uh, is this idea of delighting, mm. delighting in that love. Mm. And when you delight in someone, uh, you, you get to know them. You spend time with them. You learn ab about what makes them tick and what, what they love. You invest money. You invest resources. And, uh, I think in the same way, when we think about delighting in that loyal kind of love, <coughs> God, that character uh, of God, it, it takes something from us. Mm. Yes. To use the analogy of marriage, that yes. for there to be health and commitment and loyalty and intimacy and strength together as a, as a married couple, it, you have to give something of yourself. Right. So right. I, I love that it's, it's not just a feeling. Mm. Uh, it's more than that. I always find it interesting that uh, this word mercy, chesed, is the word that uh, God uses to describe himself. Uh, where Moses says to God, will you show me your face? And in the book of Exodus, I'm going to read it, Exodus 34, verse 6. It says, then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Mm. There's that word. Mm. And truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgressions and sin. So Jesus, uh, uh, God is saying that that word mercy, that kind of love he uses to describe himself mm. when he shows himself to Moses mm. um, 
And again, that, that covenant type of love, that covenant that we enter into with God, which represents a marriage. And uh, just that word is so beautiful that God uses to describe himself, this loving kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the writer of Psalms in, in Psalm 89, I think, just kind of re-emphasizes what you've said there. Um, Psalm 89 and verse 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And it's interesting that it uses those words righteousness and justice together because last mm. time we spoke about righteous and righteousness and justice being kind of the same root word, word and interchangeable in Scripture. And so... Again, there's this emphasis, righteousness and justice Mm. are the foundation of your throne. And then it says, mercy and truth go Mm. before your face. Um, In the passage you just read, God was going before Moses' face. But here it says, mercy goes before God's face. It Mm. is what he is. It's, It's integral to his character. It's everything about God is mercy, loving kindness. Right. Righteousness and justice and truth. Right, and so justice and mercy go together. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can't it's have one part of who God is. Mm. And uh, there's this uh, wonderful quote by Thomas Aquinas that says, justice without mercy is cruelty. Mm. Mercy without justice is the mother of dissolution. Mm. And I just love that. I'm going to read it again. Justice without mercy mm. is cruelty. Mm. But mercy without justice is the mother of dissolution. And the two go hand in hand. Justice and mercy work Mm. together and they make absolutely no sense apart. Mm. And that's part of God's character Mm. is that it's the same coin with two different sides. Mm. Justice and mercy Mm. go together Mm. and without each other, they Mm. just are senseless. You can't fathom... God being only one of those. That, no. That God being only just. Right. Only giving us what we deserve. Right. right. At the same time, God can't only be merciful. That right. If God is always gracious of every disobedience and every act, then there's a lack of authority and strength. Right. Mm. And so for us to really understand the goodness of God, it's both. Yeah, mm. It has to be mercy and justice, which sets God apart, I think, right. from any other notion of, of who God yeah. is. Right. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> mercy on its own, uh, as uh, Thomas Quinnis said, it, without justice, things fall apart. Mm-hmm. If it's just mercy. And I think of, you know, all of us who have raised children, uh, you are showing mercy to your children when you are correcting them. Because the, 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 uh, out, the, the, the end result of parenting is that you raise children who can function in society. Mm-hmm. And if all you ever do is be merciful without justice, uh, there's a breaking down of human character. Mm. And so we are being merciful when we are um, perhaps disciplining our children and instructing them in certain ways Mm. because the end result of that would be adults who can function Mm -hmm. in a society Mm -hmm. and function um, in a way that understands that society is made up of justice Mm. and mercy. Mm. Mm. It's... 
the two together. Garth's character is uh, the strength of his character in both. Mm-hmm. Well, I like what he said be- before that last statement that justice without mercy is is cruel. Yes. And I think that's sometimes people get confused that, well, <coughs> either you're going to be just or you're going to be merciful. But I think the key is to to be just but merciful in justice. Right. But to be merciful, but to be just in in your mercy. In and your I mercy. I think that's that's how God is. It, it's those truth tensions that the Scripture always brings that we've got to find a balance mm-hmm. to. Mm. Uh, there is, you know, it just there's no black or white as we say uh, that the Scripture has these tensions mm-hmm. that we uh, have to balance. Mm. And it, I think it, it is what forms us in our spirit is when we struggle with these, tooth, these truth tensions, mm. where we um, purposefully embrace them and try and understand them and find the balance. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's part of the formation of our soul. Mm-hmm. Mm. And as we think about mission, mm-hmm. You know, think about going to another people or another group or a group in need or people who don't know Christ, having both of those yes. in our tool belt mm-hmm. uh, allows us to ref- reflect the, the image and the character of God. And ultimately, that's our goal when we serve in mission is yes. to reflect the image of God in us and you need both. So we have to be intentional in thinking, well, how do I uh, fight for justice and for those who are oppressed and who, because of nothing they've done, they're uh, being held captive, they're suffering, they're in human trafficking. Mm. um, And then for those who, um, uh, they just need mercy, they need grace. Mm -hmm. We need to bring both to the equation. So that kind of brings up the question, well, how do we cultivate a merciful heart or a merciful church? How, how do we grow in loving love? How do we grow in loving God's way of loving? And um, There's a few scripture passages that point us to what's a first step that we can take right. individually or... Uh, as a community, as a church. Uh, the first is this idea that uh, we can't really love mercy until we realize how much we've been loved and how great God's mercy is for us. Ephesians 2.4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together in crisis because of the mercy of God and the grace right. of God and the love of God that we can know him right. and we can know his purposes and join him in that work. Right. Well, the essence of mercy is that God did not give us what we deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all thankful for that. Right. Mm. <laughs> Where would we be if it wasn't for God's mercy? But in cultivating that mercy in our own lives and in our church and in our missions focus, I think we need to be mindful that mercy literally is giving people what they do not deserve or not e- always giving people what they do deserve. Right. I think sometimes we are motivated by, well, these people are worthy 
of my compassion or worthy of my giving or worthy of my kindness. And we kind of measure how we behave based on their worthiness. But loving mercy means even to those who do not deserve it, even to those who we feel have made wrong decisions, even to those who we feel are maybe taking advantage mm. of our mercy and our, our generosity and our kindness and our compassion. Mercy is giving Christ's hand, Christ's love, Christ's compassion to all, whether or not they deserve it. Uh, we shouldn't be the judge of that. God's instruction to us is love mercy. Right. Hmm. Yes. First John 4 talks about this idea of uh, we love because God first loved right. us. Right. So right. getting at the heart of how loved we've been and how we didn't deserve that love, we did nothing to earn it, uh, allows us to be able to understand how to love back mm. in in our sphere and in our, in our work and in our service in the world. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking of, of, of a social justice. Uh, often in what we're doing, we are uh, working in this realm of social justice. And social justice requires two things. Number one, that the rules are fair. And number two, that we play by those fair rules. That to me is what in essence uh, is social justice. Mm. That in society, the rules are fair. Mm. And in society, we play by those rules. Mm. And... Um, Oftentimes, those with power will break the rules. Mm -hmm. And then that is a way in which it um, disadvantages those who don't have the power to break the rules. Mm. So uh, that power, for example, could be people with a lot of money uh, can break the rules. And it has an effect on those who don't have a lot of money and they can't break the rules. Or uh, it could be just like physical power. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a criminal, I have a gun, I've got it pointed at you, mm -hmm. I have the power right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. uh, social justice requires that we play by the rules and that the rules are fair. And I think that that's what we do in, in social justice, in the work that we do. Um, it's this idea that God of laws are fair mm. and God plays by those laws mm. and we as imitators of God uh, those of us who have the image of God all of us we breathe uh, the, you know God breathed his life in us we are his image bearers need to be fair and mm. show mercy and in our uh, work that we do day, day in and day out the church just the very church needs to make sure that the rules of society are fair and that mm. those rules are being mm. carried out by all of us mm. and that we're willing to carry out those rules so mm. that there isn't this uh, unjust society mm. that we live in. And, you know, Brian, you asked, well, how do we become more merciful? For me, uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer is a, a very... A present part of my day 
all the time in my daily life. And I uh, uh, say the Lord's Prayer every day. And the part that says, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For all of us, when we pray, may your kingdom come and may your will be done in my life. May your kingdom Mm -hmm. come Mm -hmm. in my life in the way I interact with society. May your kingdom be what drives me Mm -hmm. and... uh, as I've prayed those prayers, I have found that my thoughts and the way I think about things and the way I interact with the world changes because God's kingdom, I've been asking him, may your kingdom mm-hmm. come in my life. And his kingdom is coming in my life and it changes the way I think and the way I speak mm. and the way I interact with other people. And um, mercy and justice and kindness and love become more real to me than revenge, for example. No matter how angry I am at an injustice done to me, and perhaps uh, uh, revenge would have been something I would meditate on and figure out, well, Mm -hmm. how can I get my own Mm -hmm. back? Mm -hmm. In praying, may your kingdom come and may your will be done, Revenge is not a part of Mm. his kingdom, and therefore it's not an option to me. And I have to change my thinking and become more merciful. Mm. Um, It's a very Mm. powerful Mm. prayer. It's Mm. such a simple prayer, and we tend to recite it off Mm. and mumble away. But it is an Mm. awesome and powerful way Mm. of changing who you are on the inside. The temptation is for us to pray, my kingdom come. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Which is power. Right. My kingdom come. My kingdom My will come. be done. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm probably going to start the day that way, you know, if, if I don't pray, mm. you know, your kingdom, your mm. will. Mm. Just the human nature wants my kingdom and my, my mm. will. Right. And it goes back to that. Right. Um, power to exert over yes. those who have less and break the rules when it's convenient. Right. And to use the power I mm. have in whatever sphere I mm. have it, whether it's toward my children, my little, you know, two-year-old, I have so much more power, or whether it's um, toward my elderly parents now that I'm mm. an adult, I have the power mm. and they're old and fragile, or uh, at work, the people I work with that perhaps I have more power over, there's power at play all the time in life, always. And within that, we need to set aside our kingdom and our power and find justice and mercy in how we interact in those situations. I think what you said about um, thy kingdom come and thy will be done, it's, it's an inward determination that that's how my life is going to be governed daily. Right. And I, I, th- I think the same is true for, for, for mercy and being merciful. You know, going back to the earlier part of this discussion when we spoke about loving love, and it kind of feels mushy and feely. Mm. And yes, it is an inward um, attribute. But I don't think mercy always should be emotional. Uh, yeah. <coughs> Instead of that resolve, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, sometimes we wait to feel Mm. sympathy or feel 
mushy mm-hmm. towards a person or towards a situation and our emotions provoke us to respond in a certain way where I honestly think that Micah is saying that loving mercy is an inward resolve to do it regardless of how we feel mm-hmm. just like thy kingdom come it, it it's, it's not how I feel or how my kingdom might look because, mm. because of that. It's I'm determined, God, that your will be done. Right. And sh- loving mercy is an inward determination that God's will is going to be done through me. I'm going to live it out. Yes. Even right. if I like the people that mm. he's directing me to, or even if I feel I like don't. being merciful. Mm. Mm. Yes, it's not an emotion because we said that that word mercy um, embraces this idea of a, a love that can be trusted. Mm. And I can guarantee you my emotions are not to be trusted. Mm. <laughs> if I have to live my life based on my emotions, well, then please don't trust me. Mm. Mm. But if I'm going to live my life by the eternal purposes of God and his kingdom, Mm. then I will show mercy whether I feel like it or Mm. not. Mm. It's not an emotional decision. It's a trustworthy love Mm. where I'm going to weigh up what is just and what is merciful Mm. and choose to live that way. Yeah, and I think that plays out in our in our church in our missional focus too. Is um, we we can govern what we do based on how good we feel about it, mm. or we can govern of is this God's will, right? And that overrides our feelings and our emotions mm. every time. Is it the right thing to do? Is this where God is leading us? Is yes. this what God is saying? Right. So what we're saying is, if we want to be more merciful, be more merciful. <laughs> Like, yes. Know, if you want to cultivate that in your life, then do it. Start right. doing it. And Jesus, in the um, Sermon on the Mount, he starts out by saying the the merciful will become will receive mercy. Yes. Yes. And I think there's this interesting cycle in there where if we want to become more, more merciful, then we need to be merciful. Uh, and if mercy is the kindness, the loving kindness of God. I think the the kindest thing that God can do uh, is fill us with His love. Mm. Mm. And I love uh, the verse back to First John four twelve. It says, "If we love one another, show mercy, show kindness. God abides in us, mm. and His yes. love is perfected in us." And so. The merciful will receive mercy. The kind will receive kindness. And yes. then it, it's the greatest gift. Um, apart from uh, eternal life in heaven, which is ultimately this abiding forever. Right. Uh, right. That, uh, that God gives when... So just do, just do it. And I think there's this other verse when... Uh, I think maybe Jesus had the just do it phrase before <laughs> Nike did. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Jesus said a couple times, he said, uh, learn about mercy. Go go learn about it. And uh, in fact, in um, Matthew 9, 13, uh, Jesus just says, go learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Yeah. Go learn what this means. And I think that's a good place for us to land is yep. do something about it. Start being merciful. Start learning about it. Mm. Uh, show kindness and compassion. And then God will cultivate that even more and more in you. Absolutely. Right. Go and do it. All right. 
That's a clear action point right at the end there. Okay. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, uh, mentioned earlier in the podcast that uh, some of you have been um, sending us messages, which we love, sending us some emails, and um, we uh, we got a, a really good question that we wanted to throw out to the table. Uh, this comes from Kurt. Um, he's one of our listeners and a friend, and um, he's from Texas, and he writes uh, this question. Essentially, he, he asked the question of, uh, when we, uh, in episode 19, when we talked about oppression and captivity and freedom, his question was, uh, does a focus on setting people free from oppressive systems and structures of the world, uh, issues like poverty and food insecurity and human trafficking, these kinds of things, does that diminish the call to free people from spiritual captivity and uh, captivity to sin or to spiritual forces in um at work around us such a, a great, great question yeah, yeah. i think it's question. a question that that many many people wrestle with and it's it's always out there and um i think m my answer would be to be very careful about uh preferring one above the other or promoting one above the other because it's it's a both and not an uh, either biblically, biblically um, uh, uh, Jesus in in Luke 4 and verse 18 s spoke these words he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel then he goes on to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives uh, to, and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Um, in essence, these verse, that's the gospel. And the gospel includes, the way I read this, uh, freedom from spiritual oppression, but also freedom from physical and material and, and, and other forms of mm. oppression. And so mm. I really believe the gospel is all-inclusive. Mm. Right. I think that uh, we can get a little bit lost when we don't fully embrace and understand what the word soul means. Uh, the soul is your body. The soul is your mind. The soul is your spirit. You know, if um, a boat sinks and say, they say a hundred souls were lost, they're not talking just about, oh, a hundred spirits mm. died. Mm. No, no. Everything about that person that was lost is encompassed in their soul. And God is 100% is invested in us, our soul, everything about us, mm. our spirit, our body, our minds, our everything is encompassed in the word soul. And uh, I don't think we should ever separate them and give uh, preeminence to one above the other. Mm. Uh, our life on this planet in a physical body is so important mm. to God. Our life in eternity uh, is so important mm. to God. Mm. Uh, we're a soul. All of that mm. is important mm. to God, mm. not one above the other. Mm. Yeah, it's like trying to separate two sides of a coin. Yeah, yeah. Everything, you, you could try everything possible. It, really, it's just one thing. And mm. uh, to have uh, a gospel that's only social, mm -mm. then it neglects this reality that God has eternity 
in store for us. And we mm. need this relationship restored with God. And if it's only spiritual, then it neglects the reality that God became incarnate right. and walked among the earth because the things of this life matter to you. Right. And so, so both, both and. Right. He, he created us a soul that, lived, you know, we, we're all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good question. Very Thanks, good question. Um, and then we had a comment from um, a listener named <clears throat> Mike in Michigan. And um, we know Mike. Uh, Mike's been on a number of mission trips, and uh, he's uh, uh, been serving in Africa with us a uh, number of times. And he, he makes this comment about the podcast, which was just uh, encouraging and fun. He said, uh, just want to say I, <clears throat> I love the podcast. After several mission trips to South Africa, I find myself longing to stay connected with my South African family. This podcast does just that. Hearing your Pastor Mike, Michelle, Pastor Patrick, Pastor Victor, hearing all their voices brings me back to a place where I feel so connected with God. The topics you discuss are challenging to my faith, but build at the same time. Thank you for continuing to seek God's plan for all of us. So thank you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Mike. That's good feedback. It's helpful to know. Um, right now, we can't see all of you um, around the table, but it's helpful to hear the impact that's uh, that's being made. Yeah. And so please send us questions. So we want to unpack those together. We want to hear what you're thinking. Uh, send us comments. That's helpful to know as we yeah. develop um, future messages going forward as well mm. and future podcast episodes uh, in the future. Yeah. Um, you can email us at podcast at orchardafrica.org and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see your message there. And then uh, if this podcast is helpful to you, uh, we love your help in spreading the word and inviting others into the conversation. You can do that by rating our podcast on Apple Podcasts or um, on the platform that you use. Well, next time we're going to continue this series where we're looking at Micah 6 8. We'll look at the next part of what Micah says. And so look forward to having you join us then. And with that, um, thank you for joining us. And uh, until next time. Um, We're grateful that you're a part of the community. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.